Welcome to Boom Talk Studios on a Friday evening. It is Fox strutting in a foxhole. Season 3, episode 26, number 90 overall. Number 90, starting to get up there. So who are we giving some love to this week? And by the way, I had to actually look this up because there are Hall of Fame that are that you might consider iconic. But then again, looking at the list, these guys, there's some ballers on here. But I think as far as people that are prominent, prominent number 90s who wore them throughout their careers, and I think of like Julius Peppers, obviously bona fide, Neil Smith, success with the Broncos, and of course, JPP, a Super Bowl champion as well. Ooh. Okay, as usual, this is Ken Harlan here. Like I said, it's a Friday night, a little bit chilly. Eh, you got 45. I guess it's not too bad. Thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com and Mixkit for providing the wonderful music we use in the podcast. Good stuff there. Thank the folks at Zoom and Rode for providing tools for content creation for creators all over the world. Love my gear, no doubt about that. Um, let me see, what else do we have here? The usual stuff. If you want to sponsor the, the podcast, be on it. Or just drop me a line. WW, not WWW, but FTINFX at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Love to have you on the podcast. Anyways, Mr. Ken, let's get this thing rolling. The COVID Chronicles. All right. How do I lead in this week with COVID? You know, it was a kind of a quiet week. Obviously, the pesky COVID is still doing its thing, as we like to say. You know, munching on the clear and cream like M&Ms and getting drunk on the HGH. Yeah, yeah, you're probably tired of those lines. But sh let's put it this way. As we've been saying from day one with this, how it mirrors society of almost being maybe a strider to our head. It seems like the chaos is waning. Not to say that there aren't problems and cancellations, especially with the Olympics, which we'll get to in a second. Not cancellations, but just disruptions. And still, well, I won't say, I mean, say it's not, the disruptions, they're there. But it's not widespread as the Omicron was spiking. Okay, so what do we have this week in COVID land that's worth talking about? Well, I would guess... Since the Olympics you know, are in full swing, the, the opening ceremonies. And I don't know what to rate that yet. Because you know I've been saying for weeks that this has all the makings of a dumpster fire. And if the opening salvo is any hint, maybe so. But I don't want to be one of those gloom and doom types. So, but nonetheless... Okay, the horror show begins with the Olympics. We'll start off with is it Kim Malemans. Now she's a skeleton skier. I don't know what the hell a skeleton skier is. Um from Belgium. She arrived in China 
test, you know, obviously had a positive test. Instead of being able to be sequestered at the Olympic Village, they took her to some COVID-19 isolation facility somewhere in Beijing. You know, the horror stories of human rights and all the things that we talk about and everybody else does freaked her the hell out. I mean, it had this teary post on IG, like, come get me, I'm so afraid, you know, I... All the things that we kind of feared, we'll get to a little bit more about that. Point being is, because she made such a fuss, they got her back to the Olympic Village and put her in an isolated area where she can recover. But it just kind of underscores why I thought this was going to be a dumpster fire while you were still having major outbreaks in the world and just giving how locked down that country is. We'll, we'll be keeping an eye on what happens now that the Olympics are in full swing. I mean, you know, and the athletes in Ch arriving in China, they're testing positive, what do they say, at a higher rate than others arriving in the country. I don't even know what the hell that means, but I find that to be kind of interesting because seeing that they're not spectators and it is the biggest country in the world, I don't know what that means. Is normal people coming? I don't mean normal people. Get, don't get yourself in trouble using that. Hmm. Let me rephrase that. I should say normal travelers, whether tourists or people that, you know, globally or throughout Asia, busy, lots of people over there. I'm not sure what the correlation there is. But I do wonder that if that's true, just based on what, I mean, making a simple guess, that's kind of weird. The people coming from the world, especially these athletes, are testing higher than the normal folks that would come to China, you know, like I said, as tourists or on, you know, business, whatever the case may be. Don't know why that is, especially in that healthy population, or maybe, you know, how lax it is in some of the countries where these athletes are coming from as far as their health and safety protocols are concerned. Well, I can't wait to get some data as far as that's concerned. Um, okay, so let me uh, get rolling here. I, I apologize, my voice is really scratchy. Yeah, I got a little bit of a bug, but we'll get through it. So, stateside, we've got, as far as the colleges go, we had um, University of Colorado hoops, men's hoops coach, Tad Boyle. He's out. I mean, he's been trying to give his team some... Uh, Tongue lashings via Zoom at halftime, apparently. No, they lost last night. We'll talk about that in the 43K view. As far as the NBA, keep telling you about the Jazz and their ongoing problems and how that's causing them to nosedive in the standings. Well, they suffered another blow with COVID this past week as their head coach, Quinn Snyder, tested positive for COVID-19. and He's now in isolation. You know, but I mean, that's the pretty one big story in the NBA this week. So that's pretty good in terms of, you know, have any players being sidelined right now. Well, there might be a couple still, but in general, it's looking a lot healthier than it was four or five weeks ago. Over in the NHL, they're still having some uh, isolated cases and then a big one. With All Star Weekend, you know, right now in Vegas, Alexander Ovechkin, yes, that Alexander Ovechkin, 
OV. Tested positive. No All-Star game. Bad enough, because Cap the Capitals are stumbling anyways. But it's definitely a crippling blow to have him come down and have to be isolated. Tough for the league in, as far as the big showcase in Vegas, and he can't participate. So here we go. You know, that it's like, While we aren't having the widespread impacts, let's say that Omicron was causing at the beginning of the year, it is still knocking out prominent figures when you talk about a Quinn Snyder in an Ovi. And then, you know, that golf, Will Slatorius, who had a big weekend over, you know, which I'll talk about in uh, the Something You Should Probably Know segment. After a big weekend, he tests positive the next day. I wonder how he caught it, but now he's out of Pebble Beach, had to withdraw after registering a positive test. So as far as regula regulation goes, regulatory, we should say, F1 says it will require all personnel in the paddock, which means racers and crew and all that kind of stuff, they will have to be vaxxed in order to participate in the upcoming season. And that's kind of interesting, as many sports around the world have, I don't want to say be, you know, when it comes to the actual, you know, athletes themselves, sort of have let them decide their vaccination status. F1 isn't playing that, and F1 is saying everyone will be vaxxed. Okay, so over the weekend, we have Sunday in particular, it was championship conference Sunday. It's a big deal, almost like a holiday. So the Rams and 49ers game at SoFi, when there's a lot to be talked about in this podcast as far as that is concerned. What did you think about the, you know, all the people that were unmasked, but the big uproar with um, public officials like Gavin Newsom and Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, unmasked, but yet, you know, the kids or having to, you know, deal with a new mass mandate in the schools in that state, in the, in the county of Los Angeles, I think starting the next day. And, yeah, the optics were so bad, and these guys were catching a lot of heat, as they should. And, and especially, like, Eric Garcetti. There was a photo op with um, Magic Johnson, and uh, I can't figure out what's in the picture. It doesn't really matter that he says, well, I was holding my breath. I mean, I've heard some some bullshit lies this week, but I was holding my breath, and you think, do these guys just think they can say anything to the public and we're supposed to like, wow, we'll just take a hook, line, and sinker? I don't know, man. And so now, after catching all of that grief for these public officials not wearing masks, because the Super Bowl will be in SoFi, obviously, um, now almost, we're almost getting to a point where it'll be there in another week or so. Well, yeah, what, nine days? They're suggesting that everybody masks up because they cost so much grief. Going to really be curious to see, you know, how that plays out. Because we saw throughout the playoffs and even at the end of the season, you know, the game, some of the games at SoFi, very few people wearing a mask. Okay, folks. We got through that segment. Took me three tries, I might add. Not necessarily feeling sharp today, 
feeling a little under the weather, but we're going to have some fire on this podcast because there's been a lot of crazy things that have gone on in some of the later segments we will be probably blowing a gasket over. So this is going to be fun. Stay tuned. Grab an adult beverage. It's probably You won't probably see this till Saturday, but grab an adult beverage anyways relax. And we've got plenty of great content to come. See you on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 26, Number 90. Your faithful host, Kid Harlan, here. Watching the Blazers in a little bit of trouble here. Once again, they made a big trade. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But Blazers trailing at five in the Moda Center to the lowly Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, Blazers. In a lot of transition. Anyway, as I definitely have an adult beverage, I definitely got my cool gear. Not my DF, DCFC gear yet, but we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But uh, adult beverage, it's night, so I don't have my cool sunglasses. I definitely have my cool tunes. Um, so what does that mean? Well, I'm going to grab my posse, and we're going to get through TSA, hop aboard the Gulfstream 500 for a nighttime ride over campus at 43,000 feet, rolling in our Gulfstream 550. Okay, a lot going on here as we get deeper into the winter sports calendar and the recruiting season. Exciting day. Something I didn't really get a chance to cover. Gotta kind of stay away from that because there's so much, you know, speculation and so much overhyping and fluffing. It's like, you know, wake up and tell me when you deliver on the floor, on the field or floor. But one of the things that we have been keeping an eye on, the Caleb watch. Well, after we start, we told you weeks ago that our Mr. Caleb, formerly of OU, getting the $1 million offer from Charlie Bash and Company, Eastern Michigan, the big flirtation with Wisconsin, the kernel of hope that he returned to Norman. But in the end, like we everybody pretty much knew, like to be, you know, kind of like Doug, what Doug Williams said about the Washington Rebuild, you know, the worst kept secret in the universe that Caleb was going to rejoin Lincoln Riley at the Coliseum to make magic and memories. And that's a big deal. I mean, obviously, we know with Oregon and Dan Lanning, um, you know, but what's the guy's name? DeBoer up in, up in, in Seattle. But now, I'm, the Pac-12 is looking to be box office and looking to be a player. And some of the moves that some of these programs made, it's going to happen. And this kid, 
with you know plenty of eligibility left because he's a youngster with an abundance of talent, the kind of fireworks the folks at Troy have been wanting to make for a while. Well, we'll see. I'm with a lot of the people that are reluctant to, to hand over the crown to SC. They're still going to have to take it away from Oregon. And yes, there is some uncertainty with Eugene. But, you know, you saw what Lanning's defense did stopping Nate, I mean, Nate, Nick, in the national championship game. There's no reason to think Oregon's all of, all of a sudden not going to be able to get it done on the field. So, and I do believe the Huskies are going to be a program on the rise. And I think you also have to keep an eye on, you know, programs like what Mr. Wilcox, who the, you know, the people at Cal, as I told you about, had faith to extend him in 2027. It'll be a lot of fun. But what's not so fun and what we've been saying, you know, as a ongoing theme on this podcast, the NIL and transfer portal. It just doesn't go away. And some prominent coaches had a lot to say about it this week. Lane Kippen, for one, Yes, that Lane Kiffin, who I thought would end up in Eugene, but it was probably a good idea that he didn't. He just came out and, with, with a little bit of resignation. You know, a few weeks ago, he's, he had talked about this being a, a free agency, the this transfer portal, that is better than, you know, NFL free agency. And he doubled dead on that this week. Kind of, you know, and a, a voice of resignation, I thought, that you know that the rich are going to have an advantage over schools like his. He says that's just the way it is. It probably needs some adjusting. That was really interesting that Nick Saban comes out and says, "Hey, you know, we don't give big NIL inducements to lure people to our school in the transfer portal. You probably don't do it, but I bet you the booster of somebody." That's it's legally done now where you don't even have to think about. You can't tell me. And I'm sure after losing the national title, that may not be the case. Nice try. But what it does say is the NCAA admits they are facing an uphill battle, trying to police and enforce the rules and abuses that are going on rapidly. How good it? We've been talking about this for weeks. Way too easy, as I was joking with a friend of the show, Alec Ford via text this past week, when Caleb announced that he was going to Southern Cal, I just said, I wonder how much it caught. I wonder how much SC had to fork out to get his dotted line for the transfer. You know what? This stuff was going down. And without what Kiffin prescribed a few weeks ago, or suggestion would be a better word, but putting a two-year eligibility requirement until these things happen, it's the wild, wild west. Pure anarchy. And sure enough, some of the coaches at the Senior Bowl, which is tomorrow, I thought it was last week, but it was actually another college all-star game. I stand corrected. Many coaches there are definitely doubling down on what Kevin is saying. There has to be some regulation. There has to be some adjustments made because right now 
not only are there abuses, but the richer getting richer and the, comp the competitive balance is becoming very apparent. And I think, as I've been saying since day one, it's disaster for the little guys. So, as we've been promising, we will be following this nonstop. Right? That story's only going to get spicier as we get, as we move on throughout this year and the years to come. But there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, you think the NFL coaching carousel's hot. I mean, all that stuff happened really during the season. Doesn't mean there isn't Ah, some things to talk about. The situation at Auburn, where Mr. Byron Harson is in a lot of hot water. A, people like Bo Nix, a legacy going to Oregon, assistants jumping off the ship, and now apparently because he's been swapping saliva with one of the cutie patootie, uh, I don't know, GAs, big scandal. Folks looking for any reason to get rid of him, it's looking like he may be on his way out. No patience, and if, you, if they want you out, they'll find the reason. But then again, if you're playing, you know, footsie with, you know, one, and you're married, and you're, it's a, it's a, you know, supposedly a strong relationship, a strong union, as his wife took to Twitter to. Screaming about the allegations, I mean, it's pretty ugly as far as social media. Once again, we'll be talking about social media throughout this podcast. Great example here how ugly that's getting. All right. Anyway, not a good situation with Auburn. In Ann Arbor, apparently, Khaki Jim is staying. Lots to say about that. Not a shocker. We'll dig a little bit more into that in the NFL report as to why. Um, let's see here. What else do we have here? Well, one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting, um, is a college player recently, a former college soccer player, Patrick Grange, played at UIC in New Mexico. He passed away at 28 from ALS. And, you know, doing the research in the, you know, after post-mortem, um, they found out that he had CTE. And there might be a connection between his ALS and um, CTE. Yes, you know, that, that dreaded disease, which was another attempt to take down the NFL a few years ago with Dr. Atamatawalo. Okay, all, you know, cynicism aside, one of the things I always wonder, you know, with this case, and, you know, I mean, obviously, you can't make, you know, there's a lot more research that has to be done. But why don't we talk more about that at the college level? You know, it just seems to be that it's been more about this crusade to, you know, talk about it at the NFL level. And I wonder, you know, and I'll bring up this again, but I wonder why are we talking about this more in college? Because a lot of these people who play in college do not end up having a pro career. If they do, maybe a cup of coffee, as they, you know, as we used to say, you know, with a, the brief stint. You know, it makes me wonder why there isn't more discussion, considering how, you know, that this is a serious issue to some. 
Others dismiss it because, you know, there is not a lot of concrete evidence to, to make connections. We've talked about before, you know, with the variations of people, you know, who played the game and still have their facilities, still very articulate, very sharp. But anyways, I just really wonder why we don't hear more about it at the college level. All right, anyway, a lot going on in the hoops. And a new number, you know, Auburn's still number one. Zags two, UCLA three for, well, they were when the rankings came out. Purdue sneaking at four. And I think of note, kind of interesting to see Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> Coach C and the boys at number five. Good to see a blue blood program actually make a reappearance. We're starting to wonder about some of the schools that we've come across them to, to competing at the top level. South Carolina, for the women, they're at the, they're at the top of the heap. No shock there. Um, let's see here. On the hardwood, what's the big upset of the week? You got number four, Baylor, getting blitzed by Oklahoma and Norman. It was a good game with number six, Purdue, avoiding an upset at home to Ohio State. That's pretty close. Then last night, as I was talking about the number, number three Bruins, in a rematch with Arizona, this time Arizona gets revenge on the Bruins, 76-66. Ugly incident there where one of the Bruin players, Mr. Etienne, apparently spit on a fan. Love to know the context. He was arrested. Big to do about that. We don't have a lot of data on that because I've been following some other stuff a little bit more intensely. But I would like to know, was it a matter of him being a poor, you know, loser? Or did somebody drop the N-bomb or talk about his lady or something else? I'd like to know what would prompt this kid to spit on somebody. Yeah. Stay tuned as far as that one's concerned. Um, another thing that was kind of interesting, I thought, as far as Pac-12 goes... How about those ducks? I keep telling you to keep an eye on Dana's boys. And I got another big sign. I know I talked about how they lost to Colorado and Eugene, but they went to Boulder last night and won there for the first time in 10 times. You're going to almost set your watch to them losing in Boulder. But hey, they go up to Boulder, and I was telling you about their coach, obviously, in the, in, in the protocol. I don't know if that would have made a difference or not. I'm sure the ducks were really tired of losing up there in that great town of Boulder on that beautiful campus. But good for Dana. Keep an eye on them. Okay, we, we, we ran a little hot in that segment. We'll be back with some interesting stuff on the other side. Okay, welcome back to Fox Trotting in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 26, Number 90 Overall. Your host, Ken Harlan here. Time for one of our favorite segments of the week, something you should probably know, or things that went on in the world, the world of sports that you might want to know about. Well, you know, as we're in February, and the other sports that 
aren't necessarily, you know, part of the big four, and then those that are going to warm up for the spring, they're still in a transition period. And so we haven't quite got to that, you know, point where we have a lot to talk about, but we still have enough. And lo and behold, we'll go, let's talk about the Olympics. With the Olympics going away, underway, wow, adult beverages really tasted good. With the Olympics getting underway, are we shocked that the IOC, yes, the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, is tone deaf to protests regarding human rights abuses? Okay. Give NBC a little bit of credit with Mike Tirico's spill last night where he went into that. I'm sure that it had to be approved by the government and all that other stuff. Hey, I, I, I get it. You know, NBC getting a lot of, you know, the, people leaning on them. They addressed it as much as they could without getting kicked out of the country. You know, that's about the best you could do. And I'm sure that... The powers that be should have convinced, you know, the, 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 the right, the government, the central committee that, look, man, we just can't completely ignore it. But why that was really interesting, though, right on cue, China warns athletes about protesting in the host country during their stay in China. You know, basically saying that not only will you have problems with the IOC and the, and the host country's Olympic Committee, but you could be violating Chinese law. And we know what, what happened with the uh, mellow ball and his buddies. So it's probably not the way to go. And human rights groups have basically given athletes a stern warning. It's like, yeah, I know you want to protest, but we may not be able to get your ass out of jail if you piss off the government. Stay tuned. Should be pretty eventful given the sentiments of athletes as far as a multitude of human rights, gender, police, you you name it. So stay tuned to see how that goes in China, you know, during the course of these Olympics. Um, okay, let's go to the Nightfall of Diamonds. Yes, not that wonderful Grateful Dead album. Ooh, I need to pull that out one of these days. Haven't heard that in a while. 10-16-89, Night Full of Diamonds. Good stuff. Opening day is less than two months away. Well, no, it's two months away, basically. And it doesn't appear we're any closer to knowing whether or not there will be baseball in 2022. MLB said, well, let's bring a mediator in. MLBPA said, nah. We don't need a mediator because we're not real. You guys aren't really offering anything close to what we think is a fair way for us to move forward. <sighs> I love the posturing. I mean, we know in football and basketball that the players usually can't hold out. Baseball, on the other hand, as we saw in '94 and '81, it's been a while since '94, but. It wouldn't shock me if baseball would be the one to say, yeah, we can go without paychecks and you know, go to a stalemate. As I've said a million times, baseball can ill afford for this to happen, but there's no traction going on right now. So nothing 
you know, really to talk about other than, hey, we're just looking at each other. I'll, you know, maybe I'll get back to you in a couple of days, especially with the Players, Players Association pretty, pretty much shutting down, you know, somebody coming in to talk and at least try to get the sides closer together. I don't know. Hopefully we'll have better news next week. Okay, let's switch over to a little tennis. Well, what about the Australian Open? Talked about this last week. You know, Nadal was his 21st Grand Slam. Got to give him props for that. Would have been a lot better if the Joker and Roger had been there. And I wonder if that diminishes this title. I don't think it does. As, as people have pointed out that Roger is fading. And the Joker made his own bed. So, you know, massive props. You know, winning your 21st Grand Slam, Mr. Nadal. As far as, you know, the golf, I told you about Will Salatorius. Well, he was in a playoff with Luke List. And Luke List beat Will Satorius before he came down with COVID in a one-hole one playoff to, to win the Farmers, which, which was kind of interesting because PGA put out its power rankings. And at the currently, it goes like this. John Rahm is one, Justin Thomas two, Colin Morikawa three, Patrick Cantley at four, and Mr. Matsuyama at five. So, yeah, kind of the, the group of folks that I expect to make noise in 2022. We're really excited about seeing the cars at the Coliseum in the Clash this weekend. Be talking about that in the next episode. Then I'll probably, over the weekend, you know, start making preparations to get the corner man on to talk some motorsports as we do every season. Looking very forward to that. Um... You know, Daytona coming up, what is that, 220? Oh, yeah, you know, not a lot going on in MMA and boxing this past week. But what I was just speaking to as far as college are concerned, and somebody was talking about this on one of the uh, TV shows earlier, the whole CTE conversation came up. Why don't we ever talk about that in MMA or boxing? Yes, we... You know, we always talk about the tragedy of Muhammad Ali and, you know, him being robbed of, you know, the beautiful voice and the colorful personality that he brought in his years with Parkinson, Parkinson's disease and the injuries from the ring. You know, that's pretty known, but it's obvious there's plenty of other folks and we look at that more as being punch drunk. And now in MMA, which is even more vicious... And there is never any conversation about CTE there. Where is Dr. Otomalo as far as this goes? And obviously I'm setting up a theme here as we get deeper in this podcast. But it's always about, you know, the NFL but and these other sports where people take knocks to the noggin. <laughs> but we have no discussion no hardcore roundtable, you know, and so these guys passes away, you know, from whatever. We don't necessarily say, oh, yes, we have CTE. But with somebody in the NFL, we can't, you know, there's this quick rush to say, yes, we can find, you know, evidence of CTE. 
in spite of the fact that, you know, the person probably had a hundred other vices and things like that. Anyway, we'll leave it there. We'll be back with some NBA beat on the other side. Welcome back to Fox Trotting a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 26, Number 90 Overall. Well, 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 I'm sitting here watching the NBA Showcase or Marquee Matchup tonight. It's a pretty interesting matchup we got here with the Sixers and the Mavericks in Dallas. Big delay in the first quarter as somehow the basket was crooked and took like, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes to get that right. So this game is running a little bit later than it probably should. But it's 76-76 with the Sixers and the Mavs. Luca and Mr. Embiid getting getting it on. About three minutes left in the third quarter. Anyways, what's going on in the NBA beat? Unfortunately, we start off with a very somber... R.I.P. Always hate doing this, but the legendary Bill Fitch, which is ironic because I thought he had passed away years ago. So I was kind of surprised, actually. He passes away at 90. Coached the Celtics to a title, was with the Cavaliers, even had a stint with the Clippers. A very fiery personality, but a, a legendary and beloved figure in the NBA. And our condolences go out to his family, you know, and, and the fans of the teams, you know, in the eras that followed him. It's a legendary, you know, figure. NBA, you know, loses, you know, another one of its, you know, stalwarts as far as the fraternity of, of greats on the coaching side. Okay. You see the unveiling of the Kobe Bryant All-Star Trophy? I know I was getting a lot of... Uh, IMs from people like, ooh, isn't that fire? I thought it was kind of meh, right? I know it's like got like this eight, like eight stars here for the number eight, then like number 24 stars somewhere else, and then these other things. It was a great gesture, but I thought the trophy itself, like I said, was kind of meh. Didn't really do a lot for me, but I knew a lot of people. But then again, anything when it comes to the Kobe with the Kobe Colt, anything associated with him is going to get, you know, wows. But then again, you know, this is kind of a week where different strokes for different folks seems to be a very strong theme. Let me tell you more about that. Ah, speaking of Kobe's team, let's talk about LeBron and his knee. What has he missed? Like four or five games now. His knee swelled up. I think we talked about that last week. Missed some key games. Not in the, it wasn't in the lineup last night when they lost to the Clippers. Tough loss there. If you're a Laker fan, eh, you know, we'll get too deep as far as they go. But I have to wonder, you know, on the one hand, LeBron could be getting some good rest before the stretch run. You've got AD back on the floor. And getting some key minutes without him, and Russ being the dumpster fire that he is, we've you know, 
we've talked that to death. Russ is Russ. But Braun, if he's getting rest, but I have to wonder with all the minutes and at his age, this is what we're going to get. Because he can't help himself. He wants to play over 35 35 to 40 minutes. And let's just face it. In this, you know, in this particular sport, as we always talk about high volume, high contact, all that stuff, especially when you're playing all the positions, it just may not be sustainable. We saw what happened to Kobe, how he broke down. Kind of seeing it with LeBron a little bit. You know, the bubble where he had four or five months rest, kind of easy to be Superman. But the rigors of her 82-game season since he's been to Los Angeles, other than being in the bubble, he's kind of, right, he's ended up wobbling. He hasn't been able to go the whole 15 rounds. And if you're a Laker fan, that's a, that should be a serious concern. Another guy that's inter- that, I, that I wonder about is KD. His injury and what that's doing to the Nets. The Nets are wobbling right now. They lost again to the Jazz tonight. Eh, you know, I forget where. You know, I'll have to look at that in a second. Point being is, I thought it was interesting. KD clapping back about folks saying that if, you know, his second straight injury year, if he has to admit they don't win the title, that it was a big mistake for him to walk away from Clay. Draymond, and obviously Seth. Um, Steph. Katie, stop being so butthurt whenever, whenever somebody wants to call you out on something. Everybody knows your box office bona fide going to the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, yeah, it's going to be a failure, but that's more on him getting with Wacko Kyrie and the loose cannon Harton. <laughs> right? It has nothing to do to me. You know, he... He went to Golden State as a mercenary to get his ring so people would get off get off of his back about that. Right? So I don't really hold that against them. Um, well, another thing that's interesting, you know, the whole thing with Clank and Ben. People think, you know, I told you how Shaq and Charles Barkley last week been pretty harsh on him, as they should be. And this notion that Shaq owes Clanking Ben an apology? <sighs> yeah, the sensitivity of folks who are not holding up their end. Same thing like with AB, these apologists out there. Why the hell should Shaq apologize for the Clanking Ben? A, who won't work on his game, won't show up to his team so he can really have a trade value so somebody decides they have to have him. Or help his team, gee, maybe win a title. No, I'm not buying that Shaq has to apologize to him. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, so the power rankings when the week started. Suns won. You know, they had a, a pretty good run. At one point, they had won 11 in a row till last night. Golden State, too. What are they, like 8-2? and 9-2 in their last, you know, 10 or 11. No shock there. Memphis, as we've been toting their praises, and John Morant just being a beast at three. No surprise there. That Miami Heat team that we never talk about, a solid four, need to start taking them more serious. And then you have the Sixers at five. They've won seven out of ten, 
And guess what? No Nets that we know with KD. But you've got Kyrie, so it's kind of surprising to see that they're not there. I mean, they were like 3-8 and eight in their last 11. I mean, they lost to the Kings, the lowly Kings, and then they followed that up, like I said, losing tonight. Not a lot going on there. Team that's not there either, but is slowly making rumbling. Uh, Mr. Young and the Hawks. They got a big win, cooling off the Suns. In fact, as I just said the Suns have won 11 in a row. That's no mo, no mo, no mo. As Mr. Young and the Hawks get a big win last night. Mavs and the Cavs actually losing to cellar dwellers, Oklahoma City and Houston. But then again, Oklahoma City just now beating Portland. I mean, obviously, Portland makes the big trade where I think. What they get Bledsoe and let me see here if I if, if I wrote this down here somewhere. Yeah, that Powell and Covington go to the Clippers. So basically what the what this is what this is basically telling me is the Blazers at 21 and 32 are making are gonna tank. And we will have something we'll have a lot more to say about tanking when we get to get into the other segments. I wanna save that. But it makes sense, as you know, right? We've talked about this, and I've talked. I obviously live up here in Oregon, and around a lot of Blazer fans, and talking with other people who are not Blazer fans but are basketball fans. I think there is an agreement that in order for the Blazers to get out of the purgatory where they are, you know, when they're healthy. Maybe they make a run to the Western Conference, but I think the competition's gotten better since then. And now, you know, you're you you're at a point with, with Dane being hurt. The best you could have been, maybe in the playing round. Or, you know, make the trades, shut Dane down for the rest of the season, and maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. The lottery. I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but like I said, we will have more to say shortly as far as that goes. Um, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting, I know I said I would stop picking on Miss Vanessa, but I can't help it. She got an award for her leadership in sports. Now, other than taking on anybody who, who could possibly be defaming or shaming the beloved Kobe... I don't know what leadership. Is she like writing checks for for women's leagues? Otherwise, than being on Kobe's arm, I'm not sure what this leadership in sport, you know, is all about. Maybe there's something I I don't know about. Ftinfx at Gmail if you know. Okay, I'll be nice. I won't pick on Miss Vanessa that much. We'll be back with some beautiful game live on the other side. Feeling all sub-Saharan on that one. Wow, Luca having a triple-double 
after three quarters. I think 26, 10, and 11. Mavericks holding on to a five-point lead. Okay, folks, let's see what's happening pitch side. The beautiful game life. Ugly, ugly situation in Manchester with Mason Greenwood. Yeah, I mean, normally I don't. I stay away from certain bad behaviors unless it's like a really epic story with this. Apparently, in spite of being a young, super budding superstar with Manchester United, you can probably have anybody he wants. Innocent until you're proven guilty, but charged with rape. Sounds like a pretty crappy incident, as these things usually tend to be. I mean, I'll hold out judgment until I have all the facts, but it does not look good for somebody who is a very promising young talent, you know, in, in, in this generation of the Mbappes and Mr. Halans and things like that. Something you don't want to see, um, you know. We'll see what the courts say, but if you're that dude... There's not much that can be done. You're just, you're a scumbag, and you probably have thrown away a wonderful career. You know, we'll see what happens there. Speaking of Manchester City, Manchester City, geez, Manchester United, the Red Devils at Old Trafford, Old Trafford today and the FA Cup lose 8-7 on penalties to Middlesbrough. Yeah, wild stuff there. Able to catch probably the last, you know, 40 minutes of it and the, the penalty kicks. Kind of shocked, you know, just like, you know, what happened with PSG earlier in the week. You know, one of the youngsters not being able to, you know, make their PK. And the consolation was cool seeing Ronaldo tell the young lad, hey, man, you know, these things happen. But yes, Manchester United knocked out of the FA Cup. It's another thing, you know, we're in the international break, so we're going to, like, this is going to be a little bit light. That's okay. You know, MLS is coming. We'll be extending it up here soon. Uh, good story with Kristen Erickson. You know, we had the big heart episode at the Euros. He's returning to the Premier League. He's joining Brentford. It's an amazing story. Good to see. Looking forward to it. To seeing what he does, best of luck. Wonderful journey to get back to the pitch because obviously the whole soccer community was very concerned whether or not he'd be able to play again. You know, we obviously have lost. We haven't lost him in terms of life, but we don't get to see Sergio Cunaguero because he had to retire early because of a heart condition. So it's good to see Mr. Erickson back in the Premier League playing for Brentford. Okay, let's talk a little... And since it is the international break, let's talk a little World, World Cup qualifying, shall we? United States men's national team. What have I been saying all along? This is the golden generation, but we have to be patient because there are going to be some days that frustrate us. And when they got their ass kicked by Canada, I'm not going to even, you know, Soft pedal it. They got warped. It was a really humiliating. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, this I have to like really, you know, and I'm gonna already this is like last week, give out a TMC award ahead of time. CONCACAF, get your shit together. 
what are you doing scheduling a, a big match with Canada at the same time as the Chiefs and Bengals? Not the way for either. I mean, even you folks in Canada, it was up in Hamilton, freezing cold. You know, we'll get to more about that in a second. But yeah, it was just, it, it just yeah, you're sitting there trying to like dial into the, NFC, the AFC championship game, which is always a big deal. And then watching this big Titanic matchup, you know, from Hemisphere Rivals, well, it's not the first time Canada has beaten the U.S. in fuck, what, 36 years or something like that. So not a good day for for the U.S. Um, you know, Mexico failed to take advantage of the situation. They, they, oh, they, they had, what, was it a 0-0 draw? Anyways, a couple of nights later, in a very brutal Minnesota, Minnesota cold, USA takes care of business. They beat Honduras 3-0. A lot of talk about what the USA scheduling these cold weather games and things like that for the advantage and that we shouldn't have to resort to such gimmicks. Yeah, we should. We aren't at that elite level yet. I mean, I don't think who, I forget who it was who was just like getting on their high horse. And I'm like going, how much soccer do you even watch? I think we've got to a point where we don't have to resort to such gimmicks. Yeah, we do, because what have I been saying is a theme throughout these podcasts. This squad is going to have growing pains, and you're going to have to be patient. There are going to be nights like against Canada where you're pulling the hair out of your head, and there's nights against Honduras where Pulisic, who wasn't even supposed to play, coming off of a bench, Kellen Acosta, LAFC fans, Stars in your eyes if that's what this guy's bringing to the Bank of California Stadium. So, yeah, it's always going to be a mixed bag with this bunch. Closer to qualifying in the World Cup, and that's the thing that matters the most. Right? You know, uh, you know, we also had like, Costa Rica defeating J- Jamaica. Mexico did its thing. So, basically, pretty much... USA still has some work to do. I'm thinking they have to get white. Probably four more points to, to secure a berth in the World Cup. They got to do it. Um, love what's going on in the African Cup of Nations, aside from the tragedy with the people getting you know involved in the stampede. You know, ugly there. But otherwise, beautiful competition going on there. Looking forward to the final on Sunday when Senegal and Egypt Good to see Mr. Mo Salah. Uh, we also have the Club World Cup going on. If you get a chance to tune in with that, we'll be interested to see if a CONCACAF squad can break through. Unfortunately, no MLS, but Monterey, looking forward to see if they can get us far enough to give Mr. Tuchel and Chelsea you know, a chance if they get that far. Not a lot going on the pitch right now. Obviously, you know, I told you about, you know, the FA Cup had a match in League One today with Marseille blasting past Angers, 5-2, putting up a five spot. Got some news in the transfer wire, as we now know that Dele Ali, yes, that the long-forgotten Spur, he is going to be in Everton. That's cool. Dembele is staying in Barca. 
but Abu Miang is is in Barca, and so his saga is finally over. I think really good landing spot for him to get away from the turmoil at Arsenal. New start in La Liga at Barcelona, and they can use him, as we've been talking about their struggles. Let's see here. Um, no decision on, on Halas next step. Um, you know, some people think he might be going to Manchester City. Who knows? The Madrid maniacs working overtime to spin their delusions in reality keep saying Mbappe has signed with Madrid, even though he his entourage has emphatically denied that is not the case. Which is I keep saying, this is coming up here soon, a couple of weeks. Champions League with those two squads gonna be a barn burner. Speaking of PSG, really crazy week for them. They lose to Vuknese on PKs as the young phenom Savi Simmons flubs at the end. Very tearful. Yeah, kid, but people were criticizing Ponchichito for what's he out there for. Hey, the pro, you know, his Asian his, and him have been clamoring for big moments. This is a kid you don't want to lose. Put him out there. Like Mbappe, you know, missing in the Euros. These things happen. Like the kid with Manchester United. These things happen. It'll make them better players. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch, you know, but what are you going to say? The thing is, so PSG loses the cup, which is something that Pochettino is known for. And for the slings and arrows, it's only, I mean, I get PSG being, you know, Navu Rish and people having a certain kind of uh, animosity. But I mean, the slings and arrows that come out whenever they lose and the messy slander, and yeah. You would think people have better things to do than sit here and wait for the moment that PSG loses so they can sit there and try to, you know, incite their fans. Yeah, you know, the sports world, the sports social media world is such a cesspool full of just really despicable people. Um, what do you all think about robot VAR that's being tested right now? Good or bad thing? Well, since VAR is here to stay, I'm going to think that it's actually a good thing. Right? Obviously, the humans, being humans and afraid of, of, of making the wrong decision, can't make the right decision. Maybe the robot can. Kind of curious to see if it can be implemented correctly and not take 10,000 years to come up with an outcome. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing. I it, It's here, just like instant replay. Once you open up that genie, I have people say, get rid of it. You can, yeah, no. Once you're there, and the minute you get screwed of something that could have been corrected by VAR, you're going to be pissed. And these people that say they won't be, they're full of shit. Pardon my language, but yeah. All right, folks. We got a lot out of that, too. Didn't think this segment would run that long, given this is the IB without a lot of action going on. MLS is coming up here. Now, what, in 22 days? So, a lot to be excited about. Okay, folks, we'll be back with a closer look on the other side.
Okay, people, we are at that time of the podcast where we take a closer look at some things that went on in the world of sports over the past week. There are a lot of things that deserve a closer look. But there's two things in particular that we will try to do a drill down, offer a little commentary, thoughts, whatever you want to call it. Okay, let's start off with the Brian Flora situation. And bear with me, folks. I'm all over the place, and I start ranting and get illogical. I hope not to, because there's a lot to say about the two things we're going to bring up this week. The Brian Flora situation. Well, I always like to think that on this podcast... You know, hey, we're small fry. We admit that. And there's three million podcasts. But I can guarantee you the things we bring up here are hard-hitting and have a strange way of coming to fruition. Remember when I was talking to you about Brian Flores way back in October about him not being a yes man? Well, he really dropped the grenade. And... I don't know how to get into this because to me, this is part of a bigger, bigger <laughs> conspiracy. I've been wondering about, you know, it's, it's kind of weird. Remember what I was talking about how the social justice warriors and the woke warriors and blah, 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 how they always have these concentrated attacks. And I feel like this week, with everything being so quiet, quiet for so long, and the NFL once again reaching unbelievable hives that these people sitting back, hey, we're going to wait and, and come at them at once. And this is one of those weeks that Brian Flores is suing the NFL. Now, he comes up with some wild stuff here. And he, yes, he's being lauded as a hero by the, 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 by the social justice crowd. Like, yes, you're taking on the big bad NFL and bringing them down. You know, the whole thing about the Giants and Belichick, right? You know, I don't want to get too deep in, in, as far as the details. You can find out those when watching ESPN or something else. But basically, Belichick sending a text that was meant for Mr. DeBall, you know, right? They're both Brian. And just saying, hey, congratulations. And it turned out that, that getting the job, it turned out that, that it went to Flores, and Flores was still the interview, and that angered him, and that made him bring up, well, gee, my interview for the Broncos job, Elway and them showed up drunk and all of this stuff, and then Stephen Ross forced me to tank and offered me money, and he was like, well, you know, because he was in play for the Saints and Texans' job, that he pretty much burned the bridge that to employment in this league, and everybody's, like, saying it's a brave thing. Well, you know, this is one of those things, and once again, I'm hoping I'm making sense here, where there's more to it than meets the eye, and this is very nuanced. And I told you about this last week. I don't know. I mean, it, I think Bidabi Jones said it best, that there's a lot of validity as far as the Rooney rule and the issues that happen with black coaches, but this guy is not the guy in his lawsuit to bring that forward. 
You know, it's, to me, it's more now about, you know, this whole Rooney rule and how problematic it is. And I brought this up last week and the previous week that the problem is guys like McVeigh and, and Shanahan Jr. and some of these other guys, you know, that are white coaches and all that kind of stuff. And I said why they get the jobs and what irritates me the Ryan Clarks and all these other guys that sit here and hop on, you know, the race hustling bandwagon. Obviously, Jamel Hill called out of her crypt to make sure she has her 35 cents in. Nobody's saying that, you know, with, with Tomlin being the only coach, and we had, we've had, what, seven vacancies filled, and not one of them been African-American. It's a problem, but it's hard to... Nailed down, because I think you have to get rid of the Rooney rule, and then you figure out a, a way to create a mentorship, internship program, you know, both that allows potential candidates of color to learn the skills that these guys who are born into the life, like a McVeigh, like a Shanahan, who are a leg up, and contrary to what these folks think that. You know, these these old rich white men, they want to win. So this is not a question of, well, gee, I don't want the black guy to be a, the face of my fans, uh, franchise. That may have been the case, but I guarantee you that's not the way right now. Being, you know, like Eric Bieniemy, you know, who, who, like to, who they always use, why well, he hasn't got a job? He doesn't interview well. And maybe he doesn't interview well because a lot of these ex-players who get into coaching, because you play doesn't mean you have all the tools to be a head coach. Not trying to sound like Al Campanis, but compared to somebody who's born into the life. They're miles ahead of you. And I think that's the gap that needs to be addressed in terms of instead of having these guys go through lip service interviews where, hey, it's good to get their name out there. Hey, what that worked for Tomlin doesn't work for too many other people. But I do feel that it's on these former players. You have a son, or you know people, as, as my good friend Alec Ford, friend of the show, said. More people are wanting to get into coaching, and if they have the access, money, connections, like a lot of these coaches, former quarterbacks. They are having, they are training their kids from the time they are nine or 10 that, hey, you, this is something I'm grooming you to be. And that's what these guys need to emphasize more instead of talking about the racist culture. I mean, yes, the big, okay, I mean, I'm rambling, I'm all over the place. The big thing as far as the social justice warriors trying to like force, you know, the whole, the whole tanking thing. Right, allegations came up, you know, that. You know, the guy, right, you know, Mr. Questionable Owner in Miami. Same thing with Hugh Jackson. Hey, we, we gave you money to, to, to throw games away, and I refused to. Okay. As I was talking about with the Blazers, they're in purgatory. Yes, there is a certain integrity to the game and all the social justice rewards. Like, hey, we didn't get him out of the game. If he's ruining the integrity. How do people get better? How is it okay when Pop did it to get Tim Duncan? Right, you know, 
or any other, are the Knicks getting Patrick Ewing, you name it. Now, all of a sudden, because this guy, who, as I told you, was a lone wolf to begin with, and wasn't a company man, what, there's a rumor that he refused to meet with Tom Brady, it would have been tampering, but there was a chance to bring Tom Brady to Miami, and this guy, because he so arrogant, didn't want to deal with it, didn't get it. Mr. Ross has a mostly, as a black GM, and has a lot of people of color in the front office. He got along with none of them. But yet, he somehow he's the victim of this and courage. And look at his lawsuit. He brought in the Washington Redskins and their history, this long Things, I'm not saying he didn't come up on his own, but this seems way coordinated. You know, I think it's no coincidence that Colin Kaepernick, Spike Lee, Jamil Hill, they're doing their thing that all of a sudden gets released at the same time. Coordinated effort. I know I'm running long, so I got to get into this other thing. So we'll talk more about this. We are done with this. I need to get deeper as far as my theory in terms of, you know, that there is some, there's a lot of merit to it, but let's not take this case hook, line, and sinker. The NFL, I'm not letting, I'm not carrying the NFL's water here. This was, we'll talk about the next story. Okay, because we that was long. This is going to be a long segment. So the other thing I want to do with Jill on, and I know I'm always talking about my teams, but this one is worth talking about. The journey of the Washington Commanders. That's right, people. It is the Commanders. But what a week it was in the nation's capital. And I've been a fan since 69 when Vince Lombardi took over and changed the trajectory of that franchise. I've told you that a million times. So this was an insane week. I don't know if I've ever experienced a week like this as far as being a, a fan of a sports team. Yeah, it's not every day that you root for a team that has a, a global, if not icon, uh, right? It's an iconic brand. The, that Ritzkin name, the gear, all of that stuff. So, it, I, there's so many things going on here. I don't even know how, I don't even know where to begin. But so let me start with the rollout of which they're getting a lot of criticism for. One, people didn't like the name. Obviously, the Red Wolves and all that kind of stuff was more popular. Jason Wright, the team president, said, hey, we wanted something that we could own. You know, you have to, you have to share, you know, the Warriors and the Timberwolves. A lot of complications. And the fans, you know, the, the, the people that are so wedded to the Redskin name don't care about that. Snyder should have spent the money if he cared about the fans. But, you know, that's, I, 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 I sort of get it, but then I also know rooting for teams that are global brands, hey, it's more than you as far as what they're trying to appeal. And yes, it is about the business and not about your feelings. Oh, man. So, okay. People, I mean, it got so frenzied in terms of people wanting to know what the nickname was, even though we pretty much knew that it was the Commanders. I think NBC4 and DC flew a helicopter with a high-powered lens where they didn't have the windows covered up in, in the uh, 
team store at FedEx. And so that pretty much was able to cut, you know, people were may have a sense the night before everyone pretty much knew after Joe Leisman's interview. But the amount of anger, I knew people were going to be crazy about the commanders, but um, I was surprised in, 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 the, in the sense of the people who were angry and the venom that's been unleashed on Twitter this week. Like I said, this is a really unique experience to be a part of. You don't see this too often. You know, the Cleveland Indians went through a lot more peaceful than I think the Washington, what's called out in Washington. Um, the Commanders is a safe name. I think people will get on board. I think the uniforms look good. Um, yeah. Um, well, the other part of this, though, I know this is running long. You have this, that part of the, going back to my conspiracy thing, as I talked about with Brian Flores. Okay, the minute that uh, January 4th, when they announced that the name reveal was going to be 2222. Congress, as I told you, was going to have their horse and pony show about the sexual misconduct. And this really brought out the ugly side because people wanting to get rid of Snyder, and he has run that franchise on the ground. I don't think anybody that knows the NFL will argue. And we can, you know, we, we can have a whole podcast as far as that, that's concerned. But once again, Congress, which I said, you have to keep an eye on them. I thought it was shameful that one lady going, who was the commander when this happened? Who was the commander? I mean, the, the guy with the burgundy and gold shirt. Now, if people were misbehaving, you know, there's we have to like deal with that. But let's not get carried away here. You know, with the people that want to see Snyder gone at any at any turn and, and by hook or crook, I don't want the guy either, but I have a problem with somebody like this woman who claimed she that Snyder touched her inappropriately, you had a chance to speak to the committee, you didn't, and now and you when you left the, you left the, the Redskins, you said it was great time, and now all of a sudden somebody's in your ear making up you know you're bringing up these allegations, crying on HBO and having all the all the woke ets in the sports media. You know, champion your cause and release the report and all this nonsense. So, and even with the cheerleaders, I, and I'm, I'm going to be careful here because I do not want to ever come across as somebody that is that would, that would ever condone people behaving badly, especially when it comes to sexual, sexual, sexual misconduct. But on the other hand, where does somebody say with, with these cheerleaders? You are, you know, you are cheerleading and skipping outfits, inter, you know, police private, private events, entertaining rich men with alcohol and God knows where else. And not, and, and where's somebody to say, well, maybe this isn't a good idea. Maybe, you know, I should document this. And I love the one, well, we're, we, we were in fear of, of being intimidated by the organization. So you're going to be a cheerleader your whole life and you were afraid you'd never get a cheerleader job? Are you trying to tell me you wouldn't be able to get a job someplace else? And even the, even the person that worked for the Redskins accusing Snyder, there's just something that does not sit right about, about all of this. 
as I said before, if you're engaged in bad behavior, shame on you, and it gets dealt with one way or the other. You know, Congress saying they're giving the the commanders till the 14th to release all emails, you know, pertaining to this inquiry. And then, and then because of the deal the NFL has with Snyder, Snyder has to approve any emails pertaining to him. So it's, you know, I don't want to call Snyder John Gotti, but they may, it, on the one hand, it's a witch hunt. It's totally um, put a damper on what should be a great week. And I'll, I'll circle back to the whole reveal, which was a nightmare to some folks, right? It was on the Today Show, Doug Williams, you know, and Jason Wright kind of fumbling it. And everybody just losing their minds about, you know, how low-key it was. I'm like, of course it's low-key. And they had a big fireworks demonstration with that hearing the next day. That wasn't the play over wealth. And, I, and once again, what do people want? Right? <laughs> I, I don't get it, you know, that people complained about the uniforms, complained about the name. What I do appreciate is that you have some hardcore fans that just have said, you know what? I don't care what you people say. I'm embracing the commanders. I'm muting all the people who are screaming things about Snyder, the name, and holding on to the Redskins. I mean, this one lady called into uh, 106.7, the local station. I mean, she was so angry. I thought she was going to have an aneurysm right there during the call. But why? Are, it's not us. Why we should be called at least the pigskins. And I'm like, do you realize how stupid that sounds? Okay, folks, I've talked way too long about Brian Flores and Washington's journey. I didn't even cover half of the things that I wanted to get to. But you get the sense that it was pretty crazy in the world of fucking wokedom and everything else. Some warranted, some not. But hey, I'm really looking forward to... The D.C. commanders taking the field. I love the uniforms. All right, folks, I've talked enough. Got to get some adult beverage in me to wet my whistle. We'll be back with the NFL report at TMCA time. Thanks for putting up with me. Welcome back to Fox Running in a Foxhole, Season 3, Episode 26, Number 90 overall. Well, you know, I really feel cheated because there was so much I wanted to get into with those two segments. I mean, especially, I apologize for going overboard with the, with the Commanders thing. And I didn't even nail it the way I, I should have. But because it means a lot to me, and it is a big story, and I don't know how if people have a sense of of some of the inner workings with, with how intense this week has been. Oh, man. Put it this way. I may have to follow up on some of the things I did not touch on because, I, I mean, just a lot of crazy things that sort of, you know, the whole hearing thing you know, overshadows it. And with Brian Flores and 
his lawsuit against the league and everybody feeling that this is what's going to take the NFL down. Like I said, the timing of all of this stuff is really interesting. You know, as I told you last week, NFL bigger than ever. And it's been, and every time when, you know, like the whole time when they were going to protest every stadium, you know, for, for Kaepernick and all that kind of stuff. And some of the protests that were timed, this was another kind of like Pearl Harbor sneak attack to me because they, all these things can't be a coincidence, regardless of what side you're on. Going to be an interesting offseason. But quite frankly, I don't think Flores, I think Flores' lawsuit is going to come apart, right? You know, when you, you're going up against the NFL's lawyers and they defense, they, they dismiss, they said those claims were to be, or could be dismissed without merit. And everybody lost their mind. I'm like, dude, this is, they're going to have a lawyer, a team of lawyers that's going to put what OJ brought to the table to shame. Stay tuned. We can't, I mean, we'll be giving our insights the whole way during this journey. Okay, let's rock. So while all this is going on with Flores, the coaching hires, the, the, the birth of the commanders, Tom Brady retired, and that should have been the big story of the week. Whoa, look at those levels jump up. <laughs> um, it, you know, right, he, it got leaked out last week, and I told you I didn't want to make a comment, and I'm not going to, like, get too deep yet either. I'm going to save that next week because the way this story, there's been so much going on, I haven't really had time to really think about Brady being gone and his legacy. So I pray I'm gonna I can hold off another week because hey, nothing's gonna take away from him being the goat. It's official. Um I thought it was kind of silly. You know, he did you know he definitely it kind of ignored the Patriots. I think it was designed. Then the Patriots congratulated him and he kind of had a half-hearted like yeah you know to the fans. And the media just making so much out of it. Okay, there was bad blood there between, you know, I don't know, bad blood. There was a divorce. It was time to move on between Mr. Kraft, Belichick, and Brady for whatever reason. But it, the media just can't let that go and had to make, you know, a big deal of it. It's like, you know what? Let the ink dry before it's like, oh, my God, Tom was deliberate. This was Tom really trying to stick it to the papers. I don't really think it was sincere to the fans. You don't know what that guy is thinking. That guy's been playing you all along. You know, ever since he was sitting at the at, at the RNC back in 2004. Stop it already, people. Oh, and then, you know, Skip Bayless basically putting the picture up at, with, with the Brady jersey almost in tears. It's like... Dude, I feel sorry for Ernestine because, right, you know that uh, uh, Brady were all of a sudden not wanting to sell and, and, and you know, have a guy crush. Skip Bayless would be the first in line, like, going, can I be her lover? Okay, that was, that, that was out of bounds. But the thing is, what's he going to do without Brady as his main foil? Right, is he all of a sudden going to hop on Joe Burrow's bandwagon as he's trying to say he's the closest to being the next Brady? 
what is Skip Bayless going to do without without always you know having a show being structured around the greatness of of of, of Thomas Brady? Whew. And how about Adam Schefter? Okay, you know the original scoop which came out and Brady's people were pissed and he did it on his own terms. How has that guy become the biggest clown? He's, you know, he's kind of like the Bob Costas. He's like the, like the Jet League Bob Costas where he's always trying to insert himself, make himself way more important. You know, I just kind of find him annoying. I love that people are starting to come at him. I think he's got a thick skin because he is pretty annoying as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Raiders tapping Josh McDaniels to be the next coach. Good or bad? I don't know. Going back to the AFC West, did he learn a lot enough going back to the Patriots? Well, based on how the other Patriots assistants have done, I don't know. I mean, a lot of the Raiders wanted Versace to retain him, but they were excited too because they feel that Josh can take Mr. Carr to another level. Could be, which means that could be one less potential domino as far as quarterbacks going to another city. Um. I don't know where I stand on this. I'm on the fence, right? Uh, you know, that's just based on, you know, Belichick's ass uh, assistance not having a lot of success. I don't know. I, I can't wait to see how this kind of plays out. I think this is probably better than going with Basachi because I always feel that when it's pretty rare when the interim, you give him the job and it's the right move. Think there may have been some better names out there, but hey. Um, this Viking situation, circling back to Harbaugh, which I talked to earlier, I said Khaki, Jim Sting, and Ann Arbor. So the Minnesota job, you know, I told you last week that was in play, but apparently Harbaugh showed up thinking he had the job. I don't know if it was so much that he was prepared, but he basically kind of walked in talking about, you know, who I, who's going to be my dude. And, you know, I, and the Vikings were like, well, you know, we're just going to have a conversation here. You know, we're not ready to give you anything. I guess Harbaugh walked away kind of myth thinking, well, heck, we were going to give you the job. You know, I just feel, you know, I'm, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to give you my terms. So Kevin O'Connell, a Rams offensive coordinator, another person who happened to be in the building of Washington, can't get away from Washington, as we know last week, speaking of Schefter, talking all week long about how McVeigh, LaFleur, and Shanahan were also in Washington. As always, these guys were not ready to be head coaches, so lay off, lay off my team as far as that goes. Coaches have a lot of stops in their career. But it's interesting that they go with O'Connell, and not Harbaugh, because Harbaugh, as I predicted, going back to the NFL, was going to want to have the, the house deed, the keys, and also access to the summer home. And he says now he will never chase a job in the NFL again. 
But does that mean that the NFL can come chasing you if the offer is right? I knew with the whole situation with Balky in San Francisco that it would be, he would have to have full control if he was going to return. Speaking of Balky, what's the whole thing with Brian Leffridge? As, as Dougie P gets the job in Jacksonville. Now, I know, like I said, with Flores, and, you know, I, I so much to unpack there. But the whole thing of how he was 24 and 25, but the last two seasons were winning. It's like, okay, with Leftwich, this is really, you know, unlike Brian Flores, with Leftwich, like being at me, one of these, I don't know, how do you, I don't want to say, I'll just say, you know, highly touted assistance, you know, regardless of, co of color. Apparently, he let it slip that he didn't want to work with Trent Balky and he wanted his own GM. And that's why he wasn't going to get the Jacksonville job. And that really sucks, because you know he was a star quarterback there for that franchise. And it seemed like it would be a very good fit. Well, Dougie P gets the job. And... The thing is, like I said, about getting rid of the, the the Rooney rule, period, and just stop this sham, because if you have a Dougie P, even though he was the first person, and they did their due diligence, why are we bothering? What, I mean, you know, I guess the epilogue to what I was saying earlier, it's, to me, we have to get past this point where yeah, of doing the right thing. Yes, I know there's 70%, the league's 70% black, but there are a lot of qualified people and good minds of all colors. So I'm not saying not do the right thing, but at some point when it comes to head coaches, there are a lot of good minds out there. And there are a lot of, and like all jobs, if you can convince the person or you have somebody that you know can be the person to get you to the next level. And none of these guys are about show. These guys do want to win. Woo. We're rocking and rolling over here. Especially with, you know, it, the games, you know, being less. So, okay. One of the things is, let me circle back here for just a quick second. When I talk about the conspiracy, what I didn't really, what I forgot to, to like, incorporate when I talk about the whole Pearl Harbor attack on the NFL, I'm saying they've been trying to take the NFL down. What is the end game here? Well, like with Flores, like with Washington, and Denver also being up, I think they're trying to hijack the NFL so we can have minority ownership. Making it, getting rid of these racist, toxic owners so we can finally push and get minority owners. Well, people, this isn't the good ship lollipop. This is a big, big business. And I hate to say it, how there's very few people of color who've amassed that kind of wealth. You know, I, I'm not going to get into, you know, the, the, the whole Adam Smith, Karl Marx conversation. That's for somebody else's podcast. Point being is, even the few people who do it would exhaust all of their cash, which kind of tells you what college wealth is on this planet and how much wealth the NFL is. And I think that the problem with 
a lot of these people that you know the SJWs and the woke warriors you know who actually come from you know decent families they look at these people and say how rich you are and there's a resentment so I think that really drives us like yeah well maybe you know if we got rid of these sexist racist white men and had some more people in color and give opportunities still have to have cash it has to come from somewhere and do these guys this, you know, is it going to be a consortium of rich people of color? Maybe, if that were, if that were to happen. And then, is that a matter, better of, like, like someone like Stan Kroenke, who can, who can, out of his pocket, or Steve Ballmer, and build a modern crib. See, these people don't take any of these things into consideration. And I'm not saying people of color can't do that. I would encourage it. I'm just saying being realistic and, you know, some of this crap that they're trying to pull to, like, wrestle these franchises, especially flimsy stuff. And, you know, let's go back to this florist thing. The thing with El the, the allegation against Elway, for example. I know, I was spewing, I'm spewing back over. I told you I'm going to be all over the place. But they showed up drunk. Now, they were meeting you during a playoff cycle in Florida at 7 in the morning. Elway adamantly denies it, as does Ross, you know, with the whole tanking thing. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this, this is an interview, an interview and, and the hurried situation that these things are conducted. And you're saying they're drunk, or you're just so angry with the process that if you don't show up and be attentive, it's probably just a discussion to see if they wanted you. Now, all of a sudden, it's this racist thing. I don't know. I'm not buying it. And I'm not, you know, I mean, believe me, I want to see more diverse ownership, but I don't want to see it the way these, you know, you know, these operatives and, the, and SJW land are pushing for it. You know, the same thing with Stadler as well. If, there's a legit, if, 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 if the smoking gun shows something so despicable, fine. And the last thing I'll say about the whole taking thing, I mean, even with Hugh Jackson, you know, where, well, hey, you know, I was paid. I'm like, dude, you were one in 31, you know, at some point, or you didn't have, you know, people were put on IR and you weren't given all the uh, resources to be successful. That's a tough one because... On the one hand, if you are a great coach, you make that improvement. But then again, too often, coaches of color are put in these no-win situations and went and are often shown shown the door before the better days, you know, occur. What have I been saying? It's always a very nuanced conversation. Sorry, I got way off, but I had to tie all the loose ends. Like I said, a lot going on there. So anyways, Peterson gets the Jacksonville job. They gets a good move. Broncos are going to be for sale for 4 or $5 billion, that's probably, which is a pretty high number. My question is, can Elway weasel in on this ownership group? I know he wants to, but, you know, once again, you got to find some people with some very deep pockets. And I like what Magic did with the Dodgers. That's why, you know, when people start screaming about, yeah, you know, if we can get rid of these racist owners, Pretty complicated, all I'm saying, you know. Be realistic, people. 
as far as rumors go, how about Juju being interested in the Cowboys and joining their star force? That could be an intriguing move. Big transition going on in Pittsburgh. Going to be curious to see what that team looks like now that Big Ben is, go- is not the face of that franchise. Um, how about speaking of Brady? How about his rookie card going for $2.3 million in a recent auction? I'm like, hmm, really? Well, Brady with his seven rings, how is Mike Trout's card like worth four or five million and Brady's only 2.3? Somebody that knows the card world has to explain this to me. FTINFX at gmail.com. Oh, my folks, I mean, we're running long here, and I'm, and I'm not at the top of my game. I love it. Um, before, we, before we get to the championship Sunday, one thing I must address, I'm really getting tired of the optics of fan takeovers. You know, right? You notice when you see these shots, because, you know, like a lot of 49er fans were in the end zones, and, you know, and... Right at, at mid-level between the 20 and 40. But then when you get a, a big shot of the stadium and you see, you know, all the Rams, you're just like, this isn't 50-50. It's more like maybe 70-30. That situation to the NFL has to, you know, really, you know, it's been a tough week for the NFL. I mean, a 49er fan getting beat into a coma Second time that's happened in LA, happened with the Dodgers and Giants. I've been saying all along, we gotta get every we gotta get these people under control. People are gonna get hurt. It's gonna get ugly. Shame on the people that tried to cover it up because they didn't want to freak people out with the Super Bowl coming in two weeks. Ugly situation. Okay, let's get down. I mean, crap, we're not even at TMCA time yet. Let's talk about the field. Well, well, well. We were rolling last week, people. I told you once again. Okay, the Bengals got me twice, but I went with the Bengals last week. And, well, 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 the world has been spared Brittany and Jackson, as people were hoping for. Mr. Burrow has done us a favor that we don't have to see Team Brittany at SoFi. Um, You know, I remember when we talked about, remember when I told people when this podcast started? you know, some 90 episodes ago, you know, about pumping the brakes, about Mahomes winning five and six rings. Well, we saw that last Sunday. 21-3 lead. Should have been able to put the game away at the half. Let Mr. Burrow, who's got ice waters in his veins, hang around too long. You end up coming away watching the, the Super Bowl on your couch. And yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. How about all the crybabies about change the overtime rule? Well, imagine what happens when you play defense, especially against a dangerous guy like Patrick Mahomes when the Chiefs won the toss. No, everybody was like, oh, the rule again. Everybody getting on their high horse, lighting their torches, and not a peep out of all these crybabies when... The Bengals get the stop, and they get the win. Once again, should play defense. Imagine what happens. Don't stick your head up your butt and, and let them march down the field. So I thought that was really cool, uh, the Bengals. What a great story. 
inspiration to all downtrodden franchises. As I said also a few weeks ago, it is about getting the dude. You have to get the dude. Gotta get the pieces around the dude too. But having the dude is so important. We've seen that in these playoffs. Um, okay. The trilogy, 49ers and Rams. Got that one right too. Scored out right. What did I say? 37-34 for the uh, Bengals and Chiefs, 27-24. We were close. This one, I said 31-20. Ended up being a lot closer. But nonetheless, I knew the Rams were going to be able to come away with us from a win. Just had a big feeling. Yeah, Stafford almost tried to give it away. But at the same time, he won it. Eh, you know, I'm not going to be as harsh on Jimmy G as everybody else's. He got the 49ers to the championship game. You know, great effort from the Niners. You're going to hear a lot from them. Very touching scene at the end. OBJ and Debo, you know. Yeah, it's what sports all about. By the way, wow, Ashley Brewer looking fantastic, I might add. And that orange dress on Sports Center. We like that. Just got to point it out. <laughs> but, you know. It's so funny that um, let me ask you this question since Ashley Brewer just uh, distracted me. Do you think Jimmy G, by not getting it done, hurt himself monetarily on the trade market? He is the Rodney Dangerfield. I'm going to have to say, yeah, I think he probably did. Um, not in the. I think where teams might be willing to give up, give up a one, but to, to obtain the services, like I said, it's all about getting the dude. But even in spite of going to a Super Bowl and almost getting to a second, nobody believes he's the dude. I forget what his record is now. It's probably 32 and 16 or something like that as a starter. It's, but nobody believes he's the dude. Nobody, I mean, like I look at my team, for example, who it's obvious is looking for make a splash with the quarterback. Fan base is like, no, I don't want that guy. I mean, he's just he's 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 a he's a taller Heineke who can't stay healthy. And I'm just like, well, really? This guy's going to this guy's gone to the Super Bowl, almost to another. I don't know. On the Rams, you know, McVay he tried to give the game away. The whole genius level, not having any timeouts and some of the questionable calls. Um, the Rams are going to the Super Bowl in spite of themselves, in spite of their, you know, wizard coach. Whew. Anyways, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, before I would be remiss, because it was 17-7, so Kyle Shanahan has another Fourth quarter collapse. Starting to have too many of those, Kyle. Once again, are we sure you deserve the young genius level? Okay, before we get to TMCA time, what do you think about the Texas businessman that just placed a $4.5 million bet on the Bengals winning the Super Bowl? Man, it must be nice to be having that kind of loot. Well, 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 we'll see. I'm not ready to make a pick yet. Haven't had a chance to think about it. Been too much crazy stuff. NBC sells out all the Super Bowl ads. What is that? Five, six million dollars a spot. 
I'm one of these guys that doesn't really care. I'm usually out drinking beers and, and eating good food and, and running my mouth, so I usually miss the commercials. But hey, it should be fun for the folks who don't really care about the game. You know, big week coming up, you know. Entertainment in the pandemic for you. Okay, folks, bam, we've been running long, and that's good. DMCA time. Eh, a little bit limited. So like I said, we want to get out of here. But nonetheless, we do have some complimentary regular size and XL size of the smelly varieties that we give out every week for people who are deserving through their actions or just for being, well, turds. You know, named after two people, Cecily and Sarah, who are, you can't get stinkier than those turds because roses are red, violets are blue, and those two still are turds. Oh! <laughs> okay. So let's start out with Doug Glanville. Yeah, that Doug Glanville, formerly of the Phillies and ESPN. Going on ESPN, you know, talking about how Barry and Roger hurt him, and and it's a good thing that they're not in the Hall of Fame. They didn't hurt you. You weren't good enough to make their kind of money. You are not good enough in the Hall. You're lucky that you've been able to show for ESPN. Get rid of the sour grapes. You weren't hurt. You have a high-profile gig working in baseball. Tell me how you, I mean, I tried to read it. I tried to listen to him on baseball tonight. I almost knew something through my TV. Definitely an STFU. You get a stainless steel bowl of stinky varieties. You know, what did we say? You know, get the blank out of here on that one, dude. I'm going to go away from sports for my next one, as I, as I have been doing lately. We always find one person in the entertainment world that finds themselves getting a stainless steel bowl of the smelly varieties. This week, our buddy Whoopi Goldberg. Really, Whoopi? You of all people should know. Even if it's something that might, but in your mind could be controversial when it comes to the Holocaust, but probably means you should not bring it up in a public forum because that can't lead to nothing good. And hence, you're in the Dutch for sticking your foot in your mouth when you probably knew better. You deserve a stainless steel bowl. Um, you know, I got complimentary bowls around. Get the folks in the foundry busy making making these bowls. Rams and Niners fans being morons again. I mean, this guy getting beaten to a coma. I mean, I mean, it sounds like he's not going to die and not have. Hopefully, not have permanent damage. But come on, man. You know, I mean, obviously, I'm a fan of the L.A. teams. I grew up in Northern California. I know about these rivalries and the animosity. It's only a game, people. Right? Talk head and be miserable on social media like everybody else's. But this idea of putting people in life-threatening situations, it's just, there's no need for it. Okay. Eric Garcetti. Right, I mentioned that for saying he held his breath during the infamous photo off that everyone's photo op that everyone's screaming about. Dude, really? Do you think we're that sounds like a what's something an eight-year-old would use for an excuse? Man, come on, man. Being the mayor of LA and this and you know, I know you're catching a lot of heat because people are saying, hey, why are my kids? Your kids should, by the way, people stop complaining, but 
terrible optic at, at, at SoFi in general. You know, shame on you and Newsom. Both. You both get stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties. Oh, gotta give Mr. Etienne, even though this is a tentative one. Right now, it could get upgraded. We'll give him a tentative complimentary because I want to know what what uh, brought on the spitting incident. You know, if you're a sore loser, you're getting an XL. If, if, if the end bomb was dropped and you were taunted, I'll rescind it. And I will publicly rescind it. But right now, spitting on somebody, come on, what, what the hell are you doing? And then I have my last one. I'm going to, you know, she hasn't gotten one for me in a while. But I'm going to give Jamel Hill a, 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 a XL. You know, for coming out of her crib when it's time to race, race hustle. Haven't heard crap from you all, all year long. As I said, you wonder about the timing of these things. Now all of a sudden you're everywhere talking about the evil NFL. You hypocrite! I saw you at SoFi at the, at the end of the year when your Niners were beating the Rams and you were dancing in that black Niners jersey. How dare you? How shameless. I mean, talk. I'm giving you two, right? It's like every time it's, it's, it, the moment of, of, of being a race hustling comes along, you can guarantee she rolls out of her crib and kind of show up. It's just, yeah. I love watching the response to people. I give her this. She has a thin, she has, she has a thick skin because people do come at her with some very unpleasant things, but she deserves it. Rarely, I mean, even Bomani, who who who's another you know renowned race hustler, even he said Brian Flores is probably not the guy to you know to be the face of this ongoing issue of, of minority hires in the NFL and filing the lawsuit. But anyways, yeah, I mean, Jamel, you're such a hypocrite. And the, the bad NFL. If the Niners had been in the Super Bowl, you'd still be talking trash, but yet I, I definitely know you would be at SoFi with your, with your crew. All right, man. A lot of crazy stuff. Think we skirted the lines and didn't say too many controversial things. But hey, with the way the stuff that just happened this past week, there's more coming and hopefully a little bit more nuanced and focused. This is a lot to process. That's why, you know, I, I thought this was going to be one of the shorter shows of this season. As turning out, it's probably going to be one of the longer ones. Okay. A lot of cool stuff coming up in a couple of weeks. Just based on today, a lot more to dissect and provide clarity and insight on. Got some guests coming up, hopefully, as well. If you want to come on the podcast, you know how to get a hold of me. Things are backing off a little bit, but no reason to be an idiot and, and reckless. We're getting back to where we can do some of the things we like to do on a normal basis again. But let's be safe. And hey, let's be safe while we're at it. Got a lot to talk about next week with the Super Bowl and everything else. We'll see you in about, you know, six, seven days, whatever the case may be. Be well, folks. See you on the other side.